welcome to the Natural Health 365 podcast, natural solutions for everyday problems. Are you looking for natural health solutions? Visit naturalhealth365.com for a free subscription to our newsletter, free shows, plus some great gifts. And now, here's your host, Jonathan Landsman. All right, thank you for joining us. Our show today, Toxic Bras, Cancer Risks Exposed. According to the American Cancer Society, the internet and email rumors and at least one book have suggested that bras cause breast cancer by obstructing lymph flow. There is no good scientific or clinical basis for this claim, and a 2014 study of more than 1,500 women found no association between wearing a bra and breast cancer risk, end quote. That book they are referring to no doubt has everything to do with my special guest who will expose the true connection between bras and breast cancer. Keep in mind, this is the same organization that heavily promotes the use of mammograms, which over time and usage increases the risk of breast cancer due to its radiation output. And in their advice about anti-cancer diets, They, like many other organizations controlled by the pharmaceutical industry, never mention the dangers of chemically laced non-organic foods or genetically modified organisms. Their guidance for those concerned about cancer are so vague, like control your weight and eat healthy foods, that most people will still feel unsure about what to do when faced with a cancer diagnosis. Today on the Natural Health 365 podcast, I would like to encourage you to think for yourself about the dangers of wearing a bra. Obviously, this show is focused on women, but if you're a man concerned about this for someone you love, please share this show link right now. Before we meet our special guest, I'd like to thank our sponsor, Live On Labs, makers of the highest quality nutritional supplements on the market. The difference is in the delivery system. To learn more, Visit liveonlabs.com. That's L-I-V-O-N-L-A-B-S dot com. And now please join me in welcoming Sydney Ross Singer to our show. Sydney, welcome. Thank you, Jonathan. It's great to have you back. I know we've uh, done shows in the past. It's been uh, too long. Sydney, I know that you're an applied medical anthropologist, right? And a lot of people are new to this kind of information. What on earth is that? Well, what I do is I use my background in medicine, anthropology, and biochemistry to try to understand how the culture is making us sick. Because I I learned in medical school that the cause of 70% of our diseases and deaths are lifestyle-related, and yet very little is ever put into that uh, that issue in terms of research. And, And worse yet, when you do uncover something, like we did with bras and breast cancer, it's attacking an industry, so there's, there's extreme defensiveness, and uh, it's very hard to get the information out. You get attacked for, for doing so. That's the nature of a culturogenic disease. That's a term we coined. It means culture-caused, and I run the Institute for the Study of Culturogenic Disease. And uh, culturogenic disease is, is embedded in, in society. It's something we take for granted. It's things that we do, the attitudes and behaviors that we have that lead to disease, but could also be supported and encouraged by industries which profit, uh, you know, selling you these harmful products. 
And then you have the medical industry that takes care of the illness that's caused by it. So medicine is invested in taking care of the problem, not in, in solving the problem by changing our culture and getting rid of these harmful industries. And the industries are invested in keeping people using their products and discouraging research that shows their products are harmful. And then the public can even be part of this because we're conditioned every day in the things we read and, and see and, and talk about that make us feel a certain way about products that we need them. And that's why it's been a very interesting 25 years fighting this issue of bras and breast cancer since our book came out initially in 1995 following our research into this, uh, into bras and breast cancer. Our, the book Dress to Kill um, was our attempt to try to get the public to be aware of this because we got a cold shoulder from organizations like the American Cancer Society right up front. And it, it started, you know, they ignored us. We, we, had to, we had to let women know because this isn't like a pill or a surgery that you need to test in a laboratory. This is something that women have been able to try on themselves. Uh, actually tr taking off their bra, they can discover for themselves um, how they feel. And they feel so much better because bras are constrictive and, and are causing the leading cause of breast pain, which tens of millions of women are suffering from right now as we speak, and breast cysts, which affect tens of millions of women, and, you know, fibrocystic breast disease, more than half women have this, and it's only in bra-wearing cultures, and doctors say this is normal to have pain and cysts. No, it's not. It's, it's only normal if everybody's constricting their breasts with, with bras. And then, of course, breast cancer is the end disease of chronic constriction because all these toxins in our polluted world have to be flushed out of your body. And the lymphatic system does the job of cleansing your body's tissues. It's these tiny microscopic vessels that start in the tissue spaces and drain the fluid, taking with it toxins and viruses and cancer cells and whatever is in the tissue spaces, and brings it to lymph nodes. And for the breast, most of those are in the armpit. And these, uh, if, if there is something needs to be fought from an immunological point of view, your lymph nodes would swell. And then the fluid ultimately returns to your bloodstream, but that's your immune system operating to keep you clean. If you constrict any part of the body, the first thing that gets cut off and impaired is the drainage of the lymphatics because there's no internal pressure on this. You need body movement and breathing and uh, muscle pushing these lymphatics to make them flow. And uh, so when women constrict their breasts and hold their, their breasts in, uh, in, in an unnatural shape and try to immobilize them, they're preventing the proper circulation of the lymphatics and the, the pressure of the bra you can see in red marks and indentations around your body when you take the bra off. And those are signs of constriction. And women have been doing this since puberty, right? Every day, all their lives. And after 10, 20 years of this, you're going to have breast disease. Your breasts aren't going to be normal, normal from a biological point of view. They may be normal culturally, but not, they're not healthy biologically. And then they get droopy because this artificial support of the bra never allows your ligaments in the breast to develop the strength they need to hold the breast up by itself. So women get droopy breasts from dependency on the bra. And in the meantime, their breasts are getting swollen with fluid and they're painful and these cysts appear and, and they get toxic. So this is a leading cause. In fact, we found that bra-free women have about the same rate of breast cancer as men.
And the longer and tighter you wear your bra, the higher the rate rises to where women who wear them 24-7, and a lot of women do, compared to a woman who doesn't wear a bra, she has over 100 times higher incidence of breast cancer. And give you some perspective, cigarettes give you a 30 to 40 time increased incidence of lung cancer. So this link is even bigger than the tobacco cancer link. But you know what's also interesting, Jonathan? I realized recently, do you know how many studies it took for the U.S. Surgeon General to admit that cigarettes were causing cancer? It was a 30-year battle to get that admitted. And it took 7,000 studies. And they announced it on a Saturday when it was not going to affect the stock market. I mean, when you're dealing with industries as huge as like alcohol, tobacco, bras, I mean, there's a million bras sold every day in the U.S. alone. So you're talking huge, multi-billion dollar industries. It takes a lot of research and to, to try to have anybody even admit there's a potential problem. So, because there's, there's, people are worried about, you know, their jobs. They're worried about making a claim that can't be backed. As soon as anybody makes a claim like this, they get attacked by the industry, which is why the American Cancer Society has been reluctant to deal with this. And they even told me that, by the way. I had a big conversation with them, with David Sampson, who's their communications director, and he's come out publicly saying bras don't cause breast cancer. And for, he told me, I talked to him on the phone, it was like, uh, you know, talking to my nemesis for 20 years, but I felt I needed to let him know there's new studies that have come out internationally supporting the brown breast cancer link. The most recent was 2016 out of Brazil, and the title of that study is Wearing Tight Bras for Long Hours Each Day Increases Breast Cancer Risk. I mean, they, it's explicit. There was a study in 2015 out of Kenya. There were studies out of China. Uh, you know, there's studies coming out all, all around the world showing bras are causing breast cancer. But the American Cancer Society told me that it's going to be a very high bar for them to even deal with this because they know the kind of resistance they're going to get. He said that just raising the mammography guidelines from 40 to start getting mammograms to change it to 45, which the ACS did, they raised the guideline so you can be 45 before you start getting mammograms. They got bombarded with angry comments and you know people were pissed off that they would raise that because there are 40 year old women who might have been saved if they had mammograms now clearly a lot of this is coming from the mammography industry they're concerned they want their products used they want their therapies used and their detection treatments used so they you know you're, you're dealing with industry every time you make any of these recommendations and the american cancer society got flack simply for raising the rate from 40 to 45 imagine if they said bras cause breast cancer i know what they're going to experience you know you're going to have industry very very upset but the other good news is there are now so many new bras that have come out based on our research that actually cite Dress to Kill in their patent. And they're, they're talking about being better for lymphatics, not as constrictive. I actually spoke with a woman recently who's developing a 3D printable bra that you can scan the breast shape with 3D scan with your phone or something, and then you could get it printed exactly to your body's dimensions. They're moving forward in understanding that you can't make women fit the clothes. You have to make the clothes fit the woman. And it's same for men. With tight, Anything tight is bad. So you have to make the clothes much more body-friendly. And I think that trend is now happening. And to some extent, it's because of our battle over these last 25 years 
of talking about this issue of bras and breast cancer. Sydney, I can't help think when you're talking about all this, we're also in a very dangerous time, I guess in humanity, if you want to put it that way, where now more than ever, everybody's going to get what I'm talking about. You're so sensitive not to hurt anyone's feelings. I mean, imagine all of this stuff going on now with what you're bringing up. There's no more of this ability to just say, hey, this is the way it is. This is your opinion, Sydney. This is scientific evidence. Here it is. You're bringing out this information. You're sounding the alarm. Respect somebody for where they're coming from and think for yourself and allow it to happen. Now it's becoming more and more an age where you're not supposed to say anything at all because you don't want to hurt someone's feelings. And it's always been like this with industry, what you're describing. You're right. So what got you involved in the research of this to begin with? How did that happen? Well, when I quit, I, I actually quit medicine because I was so discouraged by their approach. It was like, it was try to identify a disease so you can figure out what drug to give. It was more like, you know, fit people in the drug box category. And it was nothing about prevention. So I decided, you know, I wanted to do my own thing. And I'm that kind of a person. And I have three PhD programs in medical school behind me. So I'm able to draw from a large repertoire to figure these things out. And I thought we need to pioneer a new field where we're studying lifestyle-caused diseases. And we happened to be in Fiji looking at something totally different. When my wife discovered a lump in her breast, uh, she was pregnant. We never expected this. And it was, it was a shock, needless to say. You're in the jungle. And interestingly, we were on a remote island, and there were these uh, bras are sort of rare out there, and this girl, a teenager, never really saw one. And she, my wife was hanging a bra out to dry, and the girl came over and she looked at the bra and she was fascinated with it. Why do you wear it? And my wife couldn't really answer that. She said, "Well, you know, in our culture, women just do. That's expected." And then she she felt it and, and stretched. And she says, "Isn't it tight and comfortable?" And my wife thought about it. And she says, I, "I suppose it is, but you get used to it." And we let the conversation leave our minds, and a week later we discover this lump and freak out and go back to California where we lived at the time. We're in Hawaii now, but we arrive, and she, takes, she goes to take a shower, and we're looking at her body for clues uh, around her breasts. I mean, she's a healthy woman, healthy lifestyle, um, you know, organic food. I mean, she's living healthily. Why would this happen? What could she have done to make this happen? That's how we think. Like, because we realize most of the time it's something you're doing. So we look at her her breasts, and there are these red marks and indentations around her where the where the bra was, just like circumscribing her breasts, you know, up the shoulders, around the back. And it was clear that that's constriction, and we saw it before. I mean, who doesn't see that when they when when you look at a woman taking off her bra, look at her skin. You're going to see that. And no one thinks, is that healthy? Is it good to have these marks in your skin every day? What could that be doing to you? And it suddenly dawned on us a clue. You know, this is constriction. The first thing that will go is be your lymphatics that you're going to impair. And then we figured, okay, why would that cause cancer? Well, lymphatics remove toxins from your tissues and fight cancer cells. And if you block that, your immune system and cleansing system is being impaired. So we're going to get into exactly what Sidney discovered in his first bra breast cancer study and the new research that's come out that supports those findings. But first, 
I just want to thank our sponsor, Live On Labs, makers of the highest quality nutritional supplements on the market. The difference is in the delivery system. To learn more, visit liveonlabs.com. That's L-I-V-O-N-L-A-B-S dot com. Okay, Sydney, I want you to get into this, especially for those people who've never heard this kind of information before. What were the findings of your first bra breast cancer study? What we found, we went to five major U.S. cities, and we interviewed women with and without breast cancer about their bra-wearing habits and attitudes. And uh, there were a little more than 4,700 women, and what we found, we asked about their past habits and behaviors prior to getting cancer, if they had cancer, and what we found was that there were very few bra-free women in the cancer group, like almost none. And more women in the cancer group slept with their bras on, and they were less sensitive to their feelings, even though they reported having red marks and indentations, but they were more willing to put up with it. So in general, that's when we discovered bra-free women have the same rate as men. And the tighter and longer, the higher the risk rises, to where it's three out of four women sleeping in their bras are going to come down with, with this disease if they continue. And that's enormous. That's very shocking. And it in, it's inspired new research now. And we found out, actually, after the book came out, there was a 1991 study. We did our study during the same time. But the Internet wasn't what it was, and I didn't even know about what it is now, and where you can research all sorts of things. I didn't know about this other study. It was out of Harvard. It was on handedness, like whether you're right-handed or left-handed, and your breast size, and if that had anything to do with breast cancer. By the way, a lot of people think breast size is a factor, but it isn't. And that's what they found is very inconsistent findings on breast size. So it doesn't matter if you're big or small, you have the same, the same risk of breast cancer. But they found in this study they were, they were using bra size as an indicator of breast size. And they just happened to discover, oh, my, bra-free women had like half the rate of breast cancer than the, the other women in their group. And they couldn't understand that. I mean, put differently, wearing a bra raised their risk 100%. So... Uh, they couldn't explain it. They thought maybe it was size, but the rest of the study found that size wasn't a factor. So it was sort of ignored. Now there are studies that there are at least 20 to 30 studies that have come out, uh, but a lot of them are not in the United States. What, what happened was because over the years, as I said, women getting rid of their bras feel so much better. They can prove this on themselves, and they, they've done it on their own, but I've been encouraging women to just try a bra-free self-study. Get rid of your bra for a month and let your body be your guide. You'll know the difference. Uh, so we've, over the years, women have tried that, and because they feel better and then they spread the word, it's kept this issue alive despite you know, the resistance we've had. But the, the medical industry is really in an interesting bind. They don't want to even acknowledge that this issue is legitimate to research. I mean, they are so down on it that when they discuss this, they say it's been debunked. They call it a myth. They, they, they like treat it as if it was a political thing. So, Sydney, I get it with the first study you had. But, you know, as I mentioned at the beginning of the program, what about that study that the American Cancer Society talks about that says, oh, there's no connection at all? And then if you have other studies out there that show there is a connection, let's talk about that a little bit. OK, go ahead. In order to try to debunk this so-called myth of bras and breast cancer, they finally had to do some study. And by they, I mean, this is, 
it's hard to say who funded this. It's a combination of the American Cancer Society and, and groups like that. And it went through the Fred Hutchison Cancer Research Center. And they did a study in 2014 of postmenopausal women. They were all over 55. They were all lifetime bra users. And they wanted to see if there was a difference between those who had breast cancer and those who didn't in, in their bra wearing behavior. And they didn't see a difference. They explained that they didn't expect to see a difference because they think this is a ridiculous theory. And it was then touted as the, the last word on this whole issue. And the thing is, uh, they, there was no bra-free control group. So, and they were all old lifetime bra wearers. So what they did was more propaganda than research. But they had no bra-free women to compare it to. It's like studying smoking and cancer by looking at lifetime smokers after 30, 40 years of smoking. And then you try to see, is there a difference between, you know, if they smoke two packs or two and a half packs on whether they got cancer or not. And they say, no, we couldn't see a difference. Therefore, smoking doesn't cause lung cancer. And they have no non-smokers for a comparison. That's the equivalent of what this was. It was a pure attempt to try to dismiss this issue once and for all and they even had someone from the American Cancer Society say, I'm so glad this was done. Now we can let this thing go. Just get your mammograms and, and stop trying to get rid of your bra. That's their message. So um, after that, in 2015, a study came out uh, of Kenya that showed a strong bra and breast cancer link in both pre- and post-menopausal women. Another study just came out in 2016 out of Brazil, and there was um, a big meta-analysis study in Singapore that looked at like 30 studies and it was very clear sleeping in a bra causes breast cancer and they call for more research into this whole thing. So the bias is clearly against um, the, the topic and not necessarily the science because when you look at what's out there uh, in terms of opposition, they have one study and everything needs to be repeated. One study doesn't say anything. But they have one study they tout as the, the be-all and end-all of this, and they just want the issue to go away comfortably. But it's not. It's not going to go away because there is more research coming out. And the problem is it has to be funded, and nobody makes money from that. So, uh, but the new bra companies coming out and bra products, are, they're actually websites from bra manufacturers saying bras cause breast cancer. And, you know, so when you have an industry and they're putting money into it, that's where the turnaround is going to happen. And women are now uh, wanting comfort in their lingerie. In fact, the recent statistics on lingerie sales show a huge drop in push-up bras and underwire bras. And bralettes, which are these very comfortable, like nothing bras, and non-underwire bras and sports bras, they are like surging. So the market is what will probably ultimately determine what's going on. I agree with you 100%. You know, the money really will dictate where people spend more and more of their interest, their research, and all these things. I'm going to ask you, Sydney, in a couple moments here about why you really feel the Western medical world is resisting this kind of information. Because to be honest with you, anyone in the Western medical world, it just doesn't seem to make any sense. It doesn't have anything to do with drugs. It has nothing to do with surgeries. You're not threatening anything there. It's just about getting this kind of information out there. They should be a part of this. They should, after all, their whole meaning is to try to help people, right? And then I also want to ask you what you would say to all those women out there who still would like to wear a bra. I'm sure they'll be very interested in hearing what you have to say. But 
One last time, I'd like to thank our sponsor, Live On Labs, makers of the highest quality nutritional supplements on the market. The difference is in the delivery system. To learn more, visit liveonlabs.com. That's L-I-V-O-N-L-A-B-S dot com. Okay, Sydney. so I have a feeling I know what you're going to say. I certainly have my own opinions as well, but what do you feel is the, really the big reasons why the Western medical world is so against this kind of info? I mean, they're not producing bras. On one level, they're actually getting funding from bra manufacturers. Bra industry is contributing to breast cancer research, so they do have a say in things to some degree. Uh, but, you know, this challenges the whole medical approach. It's not, this is not a medical solution. It's a lifestyle solution. So, if, you know, if you go to um, a doctor, you're going to get drugs and surgery. That's what they do. If you go to a chiropractor, they'll give you an adjustment and maybe a dietary regimen. Um, everybody has their specialty and their focus, and they see the world through their lens. I'm being nice right now to medicine because I have another side of me that feels that very angry about the way they've been dealing with this. But, you know, I've seen historically medicine is like this. They're extremely conservative. They don't want to buck the system. They want to just treat disease, detect and treat disease. If prevention, when I was in med school, I remember them saying that the biggest predictor of disease is poverty. That's the biggest predictor of disease. So I raised my hand very naively and I said, well, doesn't that mean as doctors then we should be trying to stop poverty? because then we'll be curing a whole bunch of disease. And they thought I was insane. And, and that's because, you know, they said, why are you here? I mean, you don't belong in medicine. You, you know? So the prevention of disease is not something medicine is strong about because they make money treating disease. And challenging cultural norms is not something medicine is good at doing. They can't even stop people from smoking or from uh, correct their diet. And many of these doctors themselves have these problems. Many women, female doctors, wear bras. You know, doctors' wives wear bras. It's such a part of the culture that when you question something like that, their knee-jerk reaction is, oh, it can't be. And then if they even talk about it, they feel there's a cultural aspect that's titillating about this whole thing. I actually had a, a professor, I was contacted by an NIH, National Institute of Health researcher, who retired. He called me and he said, I wanted you to know that I, I heard about your bra and breast cancer issue, and I think it's a very, the whole lymphatic thing is a very plausible model, and we'd like to study it. But when I mentioned it to my coworker, who happens to be a female, she looked at him like he was some sort of pervert wanting to have her take off her bra and look at her breast bounce. So the cultural aspect of breasts, that they're so sexualized, that the bra is actually a fetish. It, it, it fetishizes the breasts. It's, it's, uh, you know, a fetish is like an object that has sexual connotations and, and some sort of symbolism. And the bra is a symbol of sexuality. That's how it's presented, like Victoria's Secret. It's, you know, it's not presented as a constrictive band that cuts off circulation like, uh, you know, like the type of shoes that Chinese women wore that deformed their feet and made their toes rot away for fashion. You know, fashion is very bad on, on, on the body often, and it's very hard to challenge that. Medicine can't take that on very comfortably, and they profit from the treatment of disease. They profit from, profit from detecting it. And further, the most revolutionary thing about this, Jonathan, is that 
if you were a, a medical student or a doctor and you're looking at images of normal breasts that are considered like, you know, these are what, when, this is a normal non-cancerous breast, you're actually looking at an abnormal breast because it's been wearing a bra most likely. So our whole concept of what's normal breasts has been skewed. And all the research into breast cancer that ignored this most obvious impact on, on the breast physiology, the bra, is flawed. It's like looking at the research on lung cancer before they discovered the cigarette link. When everybody was smoking, including doctors, and doctors were selling camels into the 50s, you know, when those things are going on for so long and they ignored the smoking in their research on lung cancer, and suddenly it's discovered, what an embarrassment. Oh my God, all that research that ignored whether they were smokers or not. If you did a study now on lung cancer and you didn't ask whether they were a smoker or not, your study would be not acceptable. It would, you know, it's flawed. You, you ignored a huge variable. Well, all the research that ignored the bra has been flawed. How is medicine going to admit that? And how are they going to admit that for the past 25 years, since we've been trying to just get them to take this seriously and do more research, they've been saying, no, this is ridiculous. We're not going to deal with this. How are they going to reverse themselves and save face? They've, and on the Internet, they've made their statement. They've painted themselves into a corner. So the only way they can survive this is hoping everyone believes in their authority and they'll just trust whatever they say. And that, that does work in some circles, and I fight that. But they're the authority. When the ACS says something, who else are you going to go to? Who else do you think is smarter than the American Cancer Society? Well, if you're really smart, you realize they're not that smart and they have a lot of conflict of interest. But most people don't understand that. So they are considered like the authority. So, you know, that's, that's why it's a complicated answer. It's not as simple as it's corruption. It's a conspiracy based on our attitudes and biases that we just don't want to see certain things and we don't want to deal with certain things. Well, you said it, and it's human nature, right? I mean, of course, I'm being a little nice as well, Sydney, but the idea that I don't want to admit that I'm wrong, you know, I don't think it's just about these organizations, especially at the top. Oh, I, my feelings might get hurt if I change my mind. But no, it's about lawsuits. It's about exposing themselves as being completely incompetent. You know, it's not about feelings. It's about them losing their position, losing their stature, losing their income. And it's the same thing for mercury-based silver fillings. It's about toxins in the vaccines. It's about genetically modified organisms. It's about chemicals in the food and the water and the air supply. Oh, everything is just such a small amount. Sydney, stop getting yourself all worked up. Jonathan, don't make a whole show about this. Just calm down. Everything is just a little bit in society. It has no effect at all. Just go back to sleep and go back to work and don't think about this at all. It is a pervasive attitude and it touches so many other aspects of health. This is just one podcast where we're really focusing in on asking women in particular to think about the bras they wear. And Sydney, just with a minute or two left, just talk to those women out there. And of course, the men who care about these women, you know, in their lives. What would you say to everyone about those women that want to just wear bras? What's your response? Well, if you want to wear a bra, make sure you're wearing it the, the first the right size. And don't just assume based on numbers that you got the right size. If it leaves red marks or indentations, it's too tight. 
there are better models out there now that are they're trying to have more size choices. Uh, they're trying to be less constrictive. You probably want to select fabrics that are organic or, you know, they don't have toxins in them because a lot of times the fabric itself, the dyes and the formaldehyde and all these other things in the fabrics uh, the, to preserve them and keep insects off of them and so forth in storage. You know, there's a lot of crap on, on our fabrics. And when you have something that intimate with your skin, uh, and that it's absorbed your sweat it, it, and you know mixes with it and your breasts are just basically marinating in whatever's in your bra you know that is the problem too that provides the toxins that then get trapped in the bra because of the constriction so you want to make sure the fabric is not toxic you want to make sure it's not constrictive probably I would, I would really avoid underwires I would also whether they're plastic or metal I would also, you know, you don't want anything to change your shape. You don't want push-up bras. The more you change the shape, the more you have to apply pressure. And pressure is what impairs the circulation. So you want to leave your breasts as naturally shaped as possible and make sure nothing is tight. Try to wear it less than 12 hours a day. Never sleep in a bra. And I would suggest, if you're wearing a bra right now, the best thing, you, you don't really know what comfort is yet. You're so used to this from puberty. I mean, when you're 12 years old, 10 years old, you get strapped in a bra. For, it's a training bra to train you to accept this harness around your chest and get used to it. And you need to, like, detox from that and let your breasts just breathe. Let them decongest. Give them a month of being bra-free. You can wear camisoles, you can wear bralettes, you can wear t-shirts, you can hide your breasts if you're self-conscious, but believe me, after 25 years of this and talking to so many women about it, no one cares if you're not wearing a bra. And if they do, that's their problem. You don't have to let that make you do something that's bad for you or is uncomfortable. So try to go bra-free for a month. That'll allow your breast to decongest, and women report that their cysts go away, their pain goes away. After a couple of months, their breasts start lifting and toning as, they, as they, the ligaments regain strength. And so you, you want to give yourself that as a baseline. If you then want to go back to a bra, you'll know how uncomfortable it could be. Because if you're wearing a tight one right now, I, I've spoken to a lot of women who think, oh, my bra is not a problem for me. I have no problem. My breasts are fine. And then if they do try taking their bra off, they discover that their breasts weren't fine and they feel so much better and they never can put that same bra back on. They put that same bra on after a month of not having it and they will say, oh my God, how did I ever wear this thing? But you've got to give yourself time to rediscover normal breasts that actually move and circulate and throughout the month, your breasts change their shape before your menstrual period. They get, they get larger because of hormones. And if you're wearing the same bra, it's tighter at that time, which is why women have pain before their periods and cysts act up worse at that time. They stop wearing the bra. That doesn't happen anymore. You'll discover your whole body again. So I just encourage women to just listen to your body. That's the only thing that you know is not lying to you. Sydney. A lot of great information, and as I always say for all of these podcasts, all the programs we have, we're just putting out the message. It is always up to each individual to figure out things for themselves. I hope this information was interesting to you, and hopefully you can share this news with family and friends as well as whatever you feel is appropriate. Sydney, 
Thanks a lot for spending some time with us today. It's my pleasure. And let me just say as a last thing, go to my website for more information, including references to the studies we talked about. Uh, it's at brasandbreastcancer.org. And get my new edition of Dress to Kill. It'll have this story, including some of the resistance I've faced. I, I basically name names and give the details of what's, what I've been doing and how I've been struggling against this insane and harmful resistance to this information. The show was brought to you by NaturalHealth365.com. Are you looking for natural health solutions? Visit NaturalHealth365.com for a free subscription to our newsletter, free shows, plus some great gifts. Thank you for listening, and be sure to join us next week for another great show.